What is up, America? Spanish from the Mike Calta Show. And I am back in the game, America. It's been six months since my hair transplant, and I couldn't be more ecstatic. My lady is loving it, and so am I. My hair is back, America, and my confidence is stronger than ever. It's lush, healthy, and full. I haven't had this much hair since my early 20s, and that's no joke. Isn't it time for you to experience great hair, too? Come on. Go to 911hair.net. That's 911hair.net. Dr. Mag, Honest Hair Restoration, and I want this to be the best decision you will ever make. 911hair.net. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Car accident, dial pound 529 on your cell. Pound law. That's all. And now, now, it's the Mike Kelter Show. Five the bone. We're fortunate in this area. We got good comedy clubs and we got good theaters bringing in great comedians. Colin Quinn's coming to town. Colin Quinn will be at Ruth Eckert Hall at the Murray Theater Friday, February 28th at 7.30. You can get your tickets at RuthEckertHall.com. Ticketmaster, I'm sure. Please, let's welcome to the show the great Colin Quinn. How are you, buddy? Hey, what's up, Mike? I don't want to be. I don't want to start this off on a bad note and be like we're in direct competition. But we have it several times on tape where Robert Kelly says I have replaced you as his number one friend. Who said that? Robert Kelly. That you've replaced him. Uh, if the, is that a competition we're trying to win? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, you're not. I love Bobby, and and I every time we talk, I'm like that's why we're best friends. And he's like, yeah, you're one of my best friends. I always insist. That he places me in the proper thing, and depending on whether or not I remember his birthday, you and I usually fluctuate between one and two. Yeah, no, I don't remember his birthday or anything like that. You know? <laughs> but I just, you know, I take his calls. I don't know how many other people do that. That's true. That is a very true. Uh, do you remember last time you were on this show? You were in the studio with us, and I dropped a bomb on you, and you came in. I would, I, I saved things in my head for years. That the one time when you did the Colin Quinn show on MTV. And you had your yeah. la- your last episode, and you had a guy named Jimmy Burke on there. Do you remember that? Of course. Yeah, and and I remember bringing. You were like, never in a million years did I think anybody would bring that up. But I, my mother knew his mother because I grew up in Staten Island, and it was just as right. much of a shock to see him on TV as it was for somebody to bring him up to you that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jimmy Burke is a a legend in all local circles in New York. You know. Yeah, the great softball player. Uh, <laughs> a uh, banter. A banter. Yeah. <laughs> Um, now I, 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 we know Colin from when we were kids, remote control, not kids, but college age, mm-hmm. but it was such a huge, huge hit way ahead of its time. And then, uh, obviously doing comedy. At what point do you get the attention of Seinfeld where now that's the thing you and, and, uh, what's his name? Mark Norman. Once Seinfeld gives somebody like the kiss, they become this huge thing now. Well, first of all, putting me in the same category as Getting a kiss from Seinfeld, I won't stand for it, okay? <laughs> I, I was on MTV without Seinfeld. I've known Seinfeld since almost when I started, you know what I mean? Right. So we're always friends. But, I mean, you know, I don't like, the, I don't like this dynamic of him bestowing <laughs> uh, my I, comedy 
stylings on me, Mike. I'm putting a stop to it now. No, no, I definitely. This is why Bob Kelly loves me. <laughs> this is why Bob Kelly, every time he goes to me, you don't always have to say exactly what you think. <laughs> <laughs> who, who I, I, I'm just saying I'm that. I'm putting the kibosh on this right now, yeah, this narrative. I, I don't mean that he's responsible for your success <laughs> by any means. But it's, yeah. it seems like, uh, like he. all right, here's, I guess, what I'm trying to say. I don't see you two as being uh, buddies. Like, I see you no, and Bobby. A lot of people do. Yeah. A lot, you're right. It's a good point. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. Um, <laughs> but somehow we are. I mean, you know, with, you know, I think it's also because we both were the last, among the last from New York from that time. You yeah. know what I mean? So we became close over the years because we kind of, you know, we have, we, we bonded over the fact that it was a, you know, we know all these names and all these people are no longer around from those days too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And he's a bit, and he loves great comedy. He loves great comedians. He loves great comedy. Oh, he loves comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah he's obsessed with it. And when you, when you do the Broadway show, yeah. you liked doing that or was that different? Like, was that different from stand up? Yeah. Or yeah. No, it's the same as stand up, but I mean, except the crowd doesn't, isn't allowed to get crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, the good thing is, the only difference between theaters to me and clubs is that in clubs, people have to talk to everybody. So the staff has to ask them, do you want another drink? Mm. Do you want wings? And so in theater, so so they have to answer. Yeah, it's kind of so a pain in the ass. Yeah. When, when I, I go see a lot of comedy, when I see comedians up there and they're just getting to the point where they're killing and and they're about to bring it home with their final day, and then all of a sudden they're dropping checks on the table. I get that gut feeling for you guys. It's, it's one of the worst strategic things in, in the history of comedy, but it still happens every every show. Yeah, the person that people are there to see is when they drop the che- in the middle of the act of the person everybody came to see, the right. last one, the headliner. That's when they drop the check. It there's, just doesn't make there's sense. There's got to be a way. I'm going to revolutionize that. There's got to be a better yeah, way, be a better way out. to do that. Uh, Colin yeah, Quinn right. is coming to Ruth Eckert Hall uh, on February 28th at 7.30. Tickets are available, and I, I would like to try and get out and see the show. Finally, a show on a Friday, because when you have to get up at, at 4 o'clock in the morning, it's hard to do stuff during the I week. I know. It's impossible for you guys, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I hope you come. Yeah, I'd love you to. Maybe me and you could be the new me, me and Bob Kelly. But we, here's the difference. Bob Kelly loves to do things. So if you take him out when he's in town, he's like, yeah, Mike took me out. We went like, you know, I don't know, spear fishing or whatever. <laughs> you know. Bob likes activities, you know. He is. Isn't that odd that for a fat guy, he does like to do a lot of stuff? <laughs> he does. He, does. he, he hikes. Yes. He'll go anywhere if you if you tell him here's the new thing we're doing in Tampa, St. Pete, and it's like some crazy activity. Like I want to try it, dude. I gotta yeah. try it. Yeah, yeah. He, he's uh, interested in everything. He sent me an air fryer a couple of weeks ago, like as a yeah. gift. And then yeah, he loves air fryers. And then he's been torturing me every day because I haven't used it yet, dude. I mean, I got him your recipes. I got. I I just haven't. I'm not a. I don't cook a lot. Oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> um. Can I tell you what else you did that annoyed the hell out of me? Yes. Confederacy of Dunces. You spoke so highly of this book. Colin Quinn said this book changed his life. Okay. So I bought it. I bought it the minute he said that because here's a guy that I admire, a guy that I think is funny, a guy that's... Thanks. uh, You know, we have a mutual best friend, and I said, let me order this book. So I ordered it, and it is the slowest goddamn... So then I was like, okay, I'm not going to turn my back on Colin Quinn. Let me get the audio book. And I got the audio book uh, even worse than the regular really? book. Oh, my God. If you oh, read it. I can see the, 
Yeah. If you read it, I'll listen to it. But how far did you read it? I kept hearing you say you got to get into it a little bit, and you got to get in. Yeah. And I tried. I'm like, all right, let the audio book do it. And then finally I got into it a little bit, and I fell asleep. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. No, well, I appreciate the effort. Look, it's not for everybody. But, I mean, um, and audio books, you know, it's hard to tell with audio books to read, you know. But, I mean, um, yeah. I mean, look, a lot of people, uh, you know, I don't, um, most people wouldn't even read it. So I appreciate the efforts. You know? Well, yeah, I made this most guy. People I know just look at me and get mad and I'm telling them to read it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I went out and I bought it twice. I bought the hardcover book and I bought the audio book. So I'm making the author. But you talk to a lot of people like who feel like me about it? No, you're the only one. I don't know why. I for some reason you were so passionate about it that I thought I was looking for. You it know, won it's, like a, whatever big award at the time it came out in 1980. Yeah, but can't just be me. I mean, it's it's really funny, but you know. Listen, there's a lot of good books out there that have won awards that are boring as hell. But when you gave this one, the Dominus for Biscuits, the big thumbs up, I said, "All right, I'm going to try it." So I, I didn't throw it out. I, I'll come back to it eventually. Well, I'll tell you what else I like for Florida readers. Elmore Lennon. Doesn't he write a lot of Florida stuff? I feel like I read great Florida stuff from him back that, in the day. That's the last thing I want to do is read a book about I-75 and and flamingos and all that nonsense. I don't need to. I remember one time in school they made us read a book called The Pig Man. Uh-huh. And uh, the coolest thing about that was it took place on Staten Island. So I was like, ooh. But it was really a dumb book. <laughs> the only good thing about it. It was Highland Boulevard. <laughs> Highland Boulevard. Yeah. Yeah. Father Capitano. <laughs> I got stranded. Because when I was going up, you know, the trains would stop running on Staten Island at like, you know, 4 a.m. Yeah. So I, I met some girl. When I was some girl, her father lends me the car. I don't I don't have a license at the time. I'm like 18. and But I don't tell him that. We drive all over Staten Island. And drive. I get back to her house. She lives in Tottenville, way out there. Oh. Just as we're pulling in, I pulled it off the whole night. Now, one actually, I never drove. I drove like twice in my life right. at that time. And we pull in. She's a little white picket fence. We pull in, and I'm just going five miles an hour, like three in the morning. Just took down the whole fence. <laughs> down. Get out of here. I have to sleep in the cold, drunk at the train station until the trains come back up at like 7 a.m. Oh, that's hilarious. In Tottenville, no less. Oh. The furthest you could be from the city. <laughs> Yeah, oh. yeah. Uh, we're talking to uh, Colin Quinn. Uh, Colin Quinn is now. What is this tour that you're doing now? What is because you all of a sudden you're doing cool. smart stuff. Yeah, well, I was always. I mean, people didn't really notice until I started labeling it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. But in in my little world of comedy, they considered me smart. You know, for whatever that's what. But I mean, uh, yeah, it's called Wrong Side of History, and it's the same thing. It's just talking about the internet and how you know, how how everybody. Coincidentally, how everybody, we've all decided we're smart now yeah. because of the internet. So it's about how everybody thinks they're evolved. Every, you know, every generation, everybody just thinks they happen to be on the right side of history and how annoying it is to me. That, and that's and great. The end is, yeah. Nothing is more is more pleasurable, and I know this is not going to be you happy, than watching you be annoyed. You being annoyed is always funny. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I am. You know, it's a pretty perennial state at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's uh, why I love Confederacy of Dunces, because he's uh, annoyed the entire time. Yeah. Uh, Colin uh, Quinn introduced us, whether you know it or not, to some great comedians. Uh, I, I, the first time I ever saw Nick DiPaolo, uh, Patrice O'Neill, um, all those guys was when you had the show after 9-11, which was on NBC, which was the precursor to the one that was on Comedy Central. Right. And that was... Fantastic. What a great way to bounce back. 
Yeah, that was really good. Those guys are great. Oh, Speaking oh. of annoyed, how about Patrice O'Neill and, and Nick DiPaolo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is, is he the biggest baby that you know? Who? Nick? Nick baby? Yes. <laughs> yes. He is the Not biggest baby. I got mad at him. He got mad at me. I got mad at him. And Bobby's like, dude, he's just, he doesn't want to leave his house. He's bitter at the world. He should be more famous by now. And I go, yeah, he's a big baby is what he is. That's why I like him. I can't get mad at him, but he's just a big baby. Well, I don't think he's a baby. He's just, you know, he's, he's got a hair trigger temper. I mean, look, if he grew up on Staten Island, you know, <laughs> just think, he would have been he would have been in the mob at he would have been the youngest mob member. You're right. <laughs> You're probably the most powerful youngest mobster. He would have been like 14. He would have been a 14-year-old mobster. <laughs> they would have made him at 14. <laughs> uh, what if me and you become friends and we just leave Bobby out of it? Yeah, that could happen. Yeah. Bob would uh, Bob would, would be furious, but it would be worth, that might make it worth it. Yeah. I don't like that he's so guys, active. Guys, I don't, uh, yeah. they're friends now, dude. I'm the one that told them. <laughs> <laughs> I put you together. I made him call you stupid show. Uh, he's the best. I love that guy. He is absolutely the best. Yeah, he's, he's great. All right, great. Look, look, I'm definitely going to come to the show. Colin Quinn's going to okay. be here February 28th. Uh, always funny, man. Always a, a great comedian. And I, wait, so uh, I'm, aren't you surprised that MTV didn't try to reboot that remote control show? Um, yeah, I mean, they want to, they're in a whole nother thing now, so, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess a little bit since everything is rebooted, but, you know, they're into, like, reality. It's a, it's a different world, you know what I mean? Like, that show at the time was crazy and irreverent, but they've done a lot of shows trying to imitate that show over the years, so yeah. it kind of, you know, dilutes it, you know, everything gets, like, you yeah. know, diluted, so now it wouldn't even seem like it is, you know? That's another one. I had you, Sandler, Leary, who else? Leary, Kenny. Yeah, and over and and uh, Kari, of course, the Kari, legendary yeah. Kari. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God, I saw her at Kenny's funeral. No, Kenny died like seven years ago. I did hear that. Yeah, yeah, and I saw her at Kenny's funeral. She looks the same. Holding up, yeah. The three kids. Oh God, yeah. Three kids. It looks the same. And, and Kenny was a very Kenny's, Kenny's a very underrated comedian, by the way. I never he, knew him as a comedian. I, I only knew him from that show. Yeah, but even on that show, he would throw. A, Remarks the entire time that was so funny. He really kept that going. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he was so ironic the entire time. But you know, at the time he was in, you know, I don't appreciate a game show, but he was a master at just throwaways. He was really, really funny. You, uh, you, there were a lot. There were, as far as I remember, there were three girls. There was Kari. There was a girl with dark hair, and then uh, the blonde. Yeah, chick, she, right? she, she, yeah, yeah. You ever make sure. sweet love to any of those girls? No, I mean, you know, we had a. We had moments of like, camp, but we were all like, they would, they had their, we all had our little drama, so we needed each other's back to uh, kind of, you know, cover since it was, you know. Right. It always seemed like the girls were always into you because Ken was kind of a nerd and you were the cool guy. Yeah, I, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I, I did come off that way anyway. Yeah. yeah. And what, and what, did you just get married <laughs> recently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sound thrilled about it. Excited. Because I hate, I swear to God, when guys ask me if I get married, it puts me, in, it gives me an attitude, and I don't know why. Like women, I expect them to be like, "Oh, you got married?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Well, when guys ask me, I'm like, "Why are they asking me about it?" Just because I, well, I, I mean, paranoid. Here, I have quite. All right, I have quite. How long were you with her before you got married? See, this is why I get, uh, <laughs> this is why I get prickly. I don't like to go into these details. I've what? <laughs> it's never. 
What are you hiding? What do you ha- What do you I was have? With her, exactly. I was with her a number of, uh, an obscene number of years. Okay, so that's what I want to know. What finally would she pressure you? I'm leaving, Colin. No, if you don't get married, I mean, I'm leaving. No, I mean, uh, I think she was she was willing to accept it the way it was. She was she was literally when I when I proposed, she had this shocked sort of angry look at her face. <laughs> she had it on camera. She goes, what? <laughs> Sounds what? delightful. It was almost like, and yeah, she was almost like, don't, okay, this is what you wanted. Don't get mad. But she just, I feel like she was just I, <laughs> so annoyed. <laughs> uh, but it was a good one. It was a good wedding. It was really good. And, and uh, what did Bobby do at the wedding? Was he, the, uh, I know he marries he people. Did. No, he got up. Tom Pop married. He got up though and uh, introduced the first dance. Like he got up. And uh, into his first dance. Wait, and then he had. Uh, wait, Tom Papa did your wedding? Tom Papa did it, yeah. Oh my God! Did he make bread for everybody? <laughs> and then Bob, and then Bob, when he was when he was leaving with Dawn, he's walking out the back door, and one of the security guys goes, "You can't leave out this way. <laughs> Go out the other way." And Bob goes, "Okay, you can be nicer." <laughs> and, the goes, and the guy goes. This is me being nice. <laughs> <laughs> a, real, a real New York way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, I, I'm glad you. I'm glad you found some reason why you felt like it must. It should happen now. So good for you. We'll leave it at that. How's that? Yeah, I love it. All right, I well, love it. When you travel down here, will you travel alone, or do you bring your wife now? Uh, no, but I'll probably bring my cousin. Your cousin. Tim Gage. He opens for me sometimes. Yeah. What's his name? Is what's his name? Tim Gage. Tim Gage? Tim Gage. Tim Gage. All right. Timmy. Yeah. Tim Gage. So he's going to meet me down there and open for me. Is he funny or does he pressure you? Did your mother call you and go, let Timmy be open if he's your cousin? (laughs) No. Uh, No, he's funny. All right. All right. Well, uh, all the time. Well, when you come down, we should do some activities, like when Bobby comes, so we can shove it in his face. Go spearfishing. Go hunting, spearfishing, ziplining. That would be fun, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, let's think of something. You guys go hunting, really? Yeah, yeah. You want to go shoot some stuff? No, I don't know. Because I'm coming from another gig. Yeah. I'm coming that morning, so I don't know when I have time. I know. That's what sucks, because, of course, we always want you in the studio, and they're like, no, he's not going to be there. Well, listen, there's very few people Um, I would be willing to talk to on the phone, and you were definitely one of them. No, thanks, Mike. Thank you. Uh, All right. Well, I mean, I'll see you before the show or right after or something. Yeah, man. Have a great show. It's February 28th at Ruth Eckert Hall. Tickets are available now. Go see the great Colin Quinn, Wrong Side of History Tour. And hopefully before you come, I'll try and read that book. <laughs> thanks. All right, pal. Good talking to you. This All right. Same here. Colin Quinn. It's, I really did try it. It's not a bad book. It's just slow. And he says it's slow. You got to get it into it. Yeah. But it's not, it's not picking up What is up it about? Me. I'm not really sure. Okay. Uh, That's difficult. Yeah. You need to stick to just, you know, it's some a guy, stuff. and the guy yeah. is annoyed by other people, and I'm like, okay. I don't know. So this it's guy's not like me. a bibliography. It's like an actual, like. What is a bibliography? Bibliography. The bibliography. About somebody. What's that? When it's about, like, somebody's life. That is a biography. It's a bibliography. Nope, it is a biography. I'm just trying to help like you out, bi- not making fun of you. I like bibliography. Right. Listen, I've been reading textbooks for the past week. Mm-hmm. My brain is so tired. Bibliography is when it's about somebody from the Bible. <laughs> no. No? Bibliography yes. is something. It is something. <laughs> what is it? It is something. And you've seen it in your textbook. I know. Yeah. And that's the pro- I've I've read so much. What do they I call- don't know what's up and down <laughs> so right now. So if I wrote a book about Colin Quinn, it would be a biography. If 
Colin Quinn wrote a book about Colin Quinn, it would be what? A bibliography. No, that is not true. That is not even Damn close. It. I thought, no. I thought you were helping me. I am helping you. I'm trying to teach you. Then it'd be it'd also be an autobiography. Yeah. Oh, he, when is it an autobiography? If Quinn writes it about Quinn. Very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is a bibliography when? When it's like When it's biblical. about baby. <laughs> when it's a book about a baby. No. And they didn't it's about the baby's the bib. Yeah. yeah. Babyography. Bibliography. It just describes stuff that's on That'd the bib. That'd be a babyography, she uh. says. <laughs> Come on, Carmen. What, yeah. You're excellent. What yeah, if thank you. what if Bobby Kelly wrote a book about himself? That would be a Bobbyography. Bobby <laughs> I prefer right. the term Bobography. Okay. <laughs> either way, either all way. Of it, yeah. All, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, Confederacy of Dunces is not a biography or bibliography okay. or autobiography it's or like a bobbyology. It is a, a babyography. It's a book of fiction. Yeah. Okay. And uh, maybe that's why I don't enjoy it. Yeah. My wife maybe blew my mind. She read a book in a weekend. That's she very impressive. She read a book in a weekend and looked at me and said, you should read this. I'm like, you're here. Goddamn <laughs> yeah, you no. should read this. I, got I said, what's it about? Well, this guy uh, is depressed and his son, I went, stop. Yeah. <laughs> I got the uh, David Spade's book that's just an audio book. Yeah. He didn't even write it. He Perfect. just went in and did audio or whatever. Yeah. But then I'm also, uh, I have the uh, a John Grisham book that's audio. And I love it because... The people that read it do all the different character voices. Do, but tell me, show me how they do it. Do the story. So it's uh, Michael Bennett, I think his name is. He was in Warriors uh, and, you know, probably some other stuff, but that's what I know him from. He was like the main guy in the Warriors with the feathered hair. Okay. Uh, is it that his name? I don't know whether that's his name. It's Michael something. But anyways, uh, so he's like a Southern guy from Tennessee, and he'll be like, I walked into the courtroom, and the judge said, Michael, what are you doing in here? And he goes, and then my assistant, uh, Maisie, was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and he does, like, all the different ways. It's so That's funny. Great. But when you first hear it, you're like, okay. He's yeah. like, then he has to do a black guy who's in jail. Great. He does a pretty good job. Does right. he? Yeah. Without being, like, too stereotype. Right. You know, it just sounds like a guy. All right, I'm going to try and do I'm gonna try and do a little bit of Shawshank Redemption for you. Oh. Then they let Andy into the cell. And the warden said to him, now don't get any ideas in here, Andy. And he slammed the jail cell door closed. That's when his friend Red came by and said, Andy. Well, you know, I'm getting there. Not bad. Thank you. That was good. Not bad. Confederacy of Dunces. Dunces. Not going to read it. No. It's so intimidating. It's a big, thick book. Oof. Are the words small? Yeah. That's I'm not at big print yet, Carmen. I'm oh, still, I can oh. still read a little bit. My glasses <laughs> work out. Uh, I'm way, at big print. <laughs> Michael Beck. That's the actor. Michael that's Beck. Yeah. Oh, he's 71 years old now. And I said, I'm 71 years old now. And he said, how can you be 71? You only look like you were in a movie the other day. Your Honor. Yeah. I object at 71 years old. That's the only character I can really do. Old Southern the, Judge? The old Southern Judge. Yeah. Now look at here. Mm. How dare you be 71 years old? All right. But the other judge, or, I mean, the other lawyer... Is a fast talking guy from Chicago. Oh. Go. Okay. Counselor, will you please approach the bench? Was that Chicago? Oh, oh I thought I was. I thought you were no, going to be that guy. No, I thought. I oh, okay, saying. okay, okay. Counselor, will you please approach the bench? Yeah, look here, Jan. I ain't got time for this garbage. I've been doing this for a lot of years now. Let me help you out with this. You tell me what you need. I'll tell you what I need. Let's get this over with. Not bad. Not bad, right? Not bad. Yeah. Uh, I got a future. Tony, Tony Burton, start book me some books. Yeah. Book yeah. me some book readings. You know who. Uh, was a uh, guy who would do the books, read the books, and do the audio books was uh, Ed Kempner, the uh, murder, the serial killer. 
Oh, a really? real serial killer? Yeah, a real serial oh, killer. That's great. Yeah, he would do that. He would read the. Yeah, books you could tell he would get all excited, <laughs> and then yeah. he pulled out a knife. Well, I don't know whether it, I, I don't know whether it's necessarily like fiction books, or it may have just been. Uh, bibli- Kids, they were children's books. Yeah. It may have been bibliographies. They were babyographies. All right, we got to take a baby break. It's the Mike Caldas <laughs> Show. This is one hundred two five The Bone. You're listening to the Mike Caldas Show on one hundred two point five The Bone. The Bone app now to listen to the most recent episode of Drew Garabo Live. It replays 24-7, so you have no excuse to miss anything. The 102.5 The Bone app. Real Raw Radio. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.